Welcome to the Allendale Podcast today. Greg and I are discussing the yield survey that we had going on these past two weeks and the results that will be released tomorrow via webinar. Please enjoy. All right, big day tomorrow, Mike. We are going to release our annual yield survey results ahead of the September 12th WASDE report. Um, we got, uh, I think we had a record uh, record turnout this year. I don't know the exact number, but, uh, um, you know, we, we put it out there that we said we wanted to talk to as many people as possible. I think uh, it, was a, it was a success. So let's talk a little bit about this, and let's get some ideas on where you think, based on your conversations with people, where you think uh, yields are going to come in at. And uh, uh, let's just jump right into where, where's the corn? What do you think about the corn here? Yeah, so what I was hearing is I was hearing a lot of people saying that we're probably going to see slightly below average yields. I wasn't hearing anything. Well, certain places I was hearing pretty drastic uh, drops in yields. Other places I was very, very limited. Hearing better than last year yields, actually. So I honestly wouldn't be too surprised if we just brought this right back down to that 165, 166 level that we were at before this previous WASD. I would agree with you. And, uh, from the numbers I heard, yes, there were quite a few problems out there, but no one's really reporting a complete failure. It's, uh, you know, down six bushels, 10 bushels. You know, there's a few that are down 30 bushels from, from last year, but those are the, the odd men out, I guess, is the best way to put it. And it's not, you know, not that it's you, you're trying to minimize it at all. It's just that's how it is every year. Um, I didn't hear a lot of hey we had exceptional yields we're having a we're having a, a bin buster year but there are a few of them out there that were above normal which you know or there were quite a few that were actually right at their their APH so I would not be surprised if we do bring this thing down just a little bit one I'm gonna say about 167 on the uh, on the Allendale number. Um, which would be back above where we were at, uh, I think, last month as far as our just our estimate. Um, I, that's definitely below the USDA's last number, but above some of the uh, some of the crop tours and some of the other analysts out there. Right. And the other thing that you have to keep in mind is e- even if we do bring it down to a 160, 162, somewhere around there, uh, there's still a crop out there. And it seems like week by week, we still keep hitting demand. I mean, we had this uh, package released, or details about what the only thing that's been out about ethanol is uh, Brazil increasing their quotas for U.S. ethanol. But in all reality, it wasn't much of anything. No, and the the demand issue remains a big sticking point. Uh, You're going to see probably a a decrease in new crop demand. new crop corn demand now that we've crossed over into the new the new year um that unfortunately could minimize any drop in yield on this uh, on this next report mm-hmm. um and that unfortunately could mean that we are still somewhere in the 2 to 2.1 billion bushel carryout now that's not to say that on future reports, maybe the October or the November report, that once the combines really do get rolling, that we start to see some of those yield numbers come in lower once they are starting to be reported and, and things start going across the scales. I'm going to tell you, though, I, my honest opinion at this point, 
and I, I hope I'm proven completely wrong, but my honest opinion is that the USDA has their number in place, and it's not going to get much better uh, as far as where the ending stocks come in and where the yields come in. I, I'd be honest if I, I'd be lying to you if I said I thought it was going to be down at one around one sixty five, one sixty six. The official number probably is right around this one sixty nine to one seventy area. That's at least my my guess uh, as far as where the USDA comes in. Right. Yeah. I mean, we just know we don't even know where Allendale's number is out yet. So right now, it's all just guesses from you and I. Right. And and you know, we've I I hope I'm proven wrong, and I you know, and and I hope that the the numbers we got from the farmers, which I don't doubt the numbers that they that they're seeing, but you know, I'm I'm hoping that uh, for once. The USDA actually, people start to agree with those numbers when they when they come out, and I hope they do come out lower. I just don't, I don't know if I give them enough credit to to show that type of a drop uh, in the next you know two or three months here. Right, and I mean that's only logical at this point to not really expect too much out of them right now because if you're just looking at past reports, yields is an issue that always gets kicked down the road. Mm-hmm. And to think that we're going to get this big, massive drop on this report and it's going to save us, I, I just, I'm hard-pressed to put all my eggs in one basket with that, yeah. especially when it comes to USDA dropping yields a significant amount yeah. on this report. Just it, it, It's been too many times of disappointment in order to still keep going with the same kind of idea. I mean, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Still shame on you? No, shame on me. <laughs> I think that one's a shame on me. So yeah, I uh, I and then when it comes to beans, you know I I don't know how much stock to put into the numbers on this uh, on our our report or our survey or what the USDA says because let's face it, ninety nine percent of the time we have no idea going into uh, into harvest what we're gonna get. It it all depends on on scale tickets and what the what the combine says mm-hmm. and. You know the beans still aren't uh, probably are not finished yet, so we still have some time where we could finish this crop out. And same thing with the corn. A frost comes in, that's going to completely change the the narrative. Right. right now, that frost is not there, but it could come in and change this narrative. But I get this feeling that we're going to continue to see decent yields out of beans. It's again not a failure, but the the fact that we've seen the the acres come down so much that should help in the long run and we did see that uh, china did take a, a bunch of a uh, bunch of beans at the end of the uh, marketing year here uh, some of those old crop beans so that'll help a little bit uh it'll lessen some of the stuff that's going to get rolled over to uh, to new crop or mm-hmm. canceled so um i i don't know that i can get too excited about this but i think that we're going to see uh, yields, I'm going to say yield in the neighborhood of kind of where we're at, 48 to 49 on uh, on beans this year. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you there. I haven't been hearing a lot of great things, just how they're looking right now. But like you said, the amount of times we've seen a crop look, a bean crop look really bad and turn out to be just excellent or vice versa, mm-hmm. it's outstanding. It, it's so difficult to predict with beans at this point where this yield is finally going to come out at. Right. 
corn, you get a little bit idea, better idea with what how's it silked, what the kernel depths are looking like, all of that. With mm-hmm. beans, it's it's how we finish it out. Right. Something else that uh, hasn't been really talked about as far as from a grain perspective, but it could uh, could be an issue. Uh, whether it's corn, whether it's it's beans, cotton, peanuts, tobacco, you name it, whatever crop it is, this hurricane uh, down in the southeast could be a big deal. Now, from what we've seen, it looks like it's it's going to miss the bulk of Florida, which means that the orange crop and sugar cane are going to be uh, going to be spared. But the way it's headed, this could really come in and, and hit the Carolinas and part of Georgia uh, pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So we could see some yields and some production come out of that. I know with customers that I've got in the southeast, uh, some of them are uh, you know, frantically trying to finish harvest on corn. They don't finish their beans until you know a month uh, or two down the road. But uh, the, the corn is, is trying to get out of the field before, before this hurricane hits. Yeah, just like last year. Exactly, last two two or three years actually. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, see how much of uh, the the southeast gets hit by this and how much uh, how much we lose as far as uh, crop potential. Uh, because you know if there's it, you don't want to root against the farmer's production, but the way prices are. We could use a win here, unfortunately. Right. You know, looking at the cotton market, that's a market that uh, has just been devastated by this uh, Chinese uh, trade war. Uh, you know, we talk about beans a lot, but uh, cotton has been one of those markets that has fallen off. I mean, I think last year it was around 90 to 94 cents. Here this uh, today, I think it's sitting around 58, 58 and a half cents. Mm-hmm. That's a big change in, in year over year, and uh, that unfortunately, um, you know, if you're going to see the uh, if you're going to see a market that needs to get a win, that uh, that cotton market uh, definitely could use one. I think you could also add wheat to the, one of the markets that need a win. I was reading over the weekend, uh, Australia went from being one of the top wheat producers in the world to now I think it's number six. It's it's amazing the amount of wheat that's produced in the world. And I, if you would have hedged all of your wheat this time last year, you'd be, I think, $1. fifty to $2 better than when we're sitting at. That's amazing. Uh, how badly or how poorly that market has has traded the last, you know, the last 12 months. As it's insane, mm-hmm. and that's not something that is you know that we've really seen as far as a tariff issue. That is more that we just are not competitive on the world market, right? You know, and like you said, Australia dips uh, down to to sixth or wherever they're at on on world exports, and yet they're still trying to export the same amount, even though they've seen production come down. I mean, we're talking about a market that. I don't. I think it was. Uh, I think it was this year that uh, you know, farmers in Kansas planted less this year than they did a hundred years ago. The mm-hmm. smallest crop that they've had in a hundred years in Kansas. That's our main wheat growing area, and yet we still have depressed prices. Right. Yeah, and I, I think it was Russia, Ukraine, and uh, I can't remember what the last one was. Just gaining exponentially mm-hmm. in in production. I, it is absolutely incredible how quickly things can change. 
and it's definitely something to keep in mind going back to the ethanol thing the fact that we didn't take the ter- they didn't take tariffs off us ethanol and brazil at the same time pushing for uh, supplying china's 2020 push brazil is becoming you know it is and is becoming more and more and more an agricultural superpower and they're going to continue to build up their production and build plants for ethanol and everything and just the fact that they didn't lift tariffs on u.s ethanol really leads to the picture that they're going to be producing more and more and more by the year they're going to keep ramping up their production and uh, we're going to have a lot of competition i mean we already do but every single year we just keep getting more and more brazil and argentina continue to increase acreage uh, for corn and beans, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe Argentina increased their their wheat acreage uh, this past year. So you're seeing these, like you said, superpowers in in South America, and the best thing they can do for themselves to, is is to just stay quiet and not get involved in some of the uh, the U.S. China things because everything's going their way. You know right. they have they had a big production last year. They're going to increase area this year as long as they don't have a major flood or drought issue. Uh, they will continue to produce enough to kind of feed the world and will pick up the table scraps. But that's not what we want to see with how big of a uh, superpower we are and how big of a production we we put out there for for corn and beans every year mm-hmm. yeah and uh, that, that's something we're gonna have to look at going forward because if there's any year to solve this problem with the carryout this would have been it but it all got screwed up with that mfp payment mid-june if we never heard about it or it was released later uh, we probably would have been able to work with this issue a little bit better. I mean, we've had demand go but to the wayside, but supply has not. It wasn't specifically the MFP uh, announcement. It was specifically in the MFP announcement that you had to plant. Right. That was the big that the was, big yeah. issue. That it was the was, thing that took our golden ticket of cutting supply and just totally threw it out mm-hmm. the window. Absolutely. Because that basically said, you know what? I don't care if it's if I'm mudding it in. I'm throwing myself. I'm throwing a hail mary here. I'm going to try and get something done, mm-hmm. just so I can collect it. And if I get some some sort of production out of it, that's that's a win because I also got paid on it too. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to one of my guys out in Ohio. Eighty percent of his corn crop went in after June first. Yeah, he thinks he can get two hundred thirty bushels per acre. That's amazing, and that's that's something that uh, you know will be really interesting because on our on our survey that we're going to release uh, on Wednesday, that was a question we asked is how much, how what percentage of your corn was planted after June 1st? Mm-hmm. And there were quite a few. And, and one of the things that I, I, I guess I wasn't thinking about when I talked to customers in uh, southern Illinois, there were a lot of acres that were planted way, way into June, like June 15th, June 20th yep. down there, which that's – pretty far along in the season for that area because they're you know let's face it they're generally done by may 15th in that area mm-hmm. i think that de- what was the deadline july 22nd 23rd yeah something like that yeah but yeah i was hearing the same thing and it just goes to show that there would have been a lot of that supply taken out if that 
idea of having to get something in the ground wasn't out there because a lot of those areas, they just would have been like, I'm just taking prevent. Yeah. Now we talk, we've been talking, uh, you know, it, it kind of sucks because the, it, we, we've been talking a lot about doom and gloom and, and downside and, and the idea that uh, there's not a lot of uh, good news out there for this, uh, for these markets. Is there anything that we can, we can look at and we can point to that's, uh, uh, that's coming up that, or anything down the road, let's say in the next three, four, five months that uh, could potentially be a boon for this, uh, for these markets? Could we find a rally off of something? I mean, you always got yields we can talk about, but again, that's could be a little bit down the road. Mm-hmm. Always a potential for some kind of trade deal going on. I mean, we have so many out there working. We are going to sit down with China this month. That's uh, part of it. Hopefully, I, I don't know about that one as much as the Japan, maybe maybe EU, Britain, mm-hmm. maybe something along those lines. USMCA still needs to be signed. Right, that Brazil. could be that the USMCA could be a uh, supposedly could be a sign to China that we are serious about getting something done, and we're willing to work with them if they're willing to work with us. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, USMCA basically just needs to be signed at this point. Yeah. It's it's all been agreed upon. It just needs to be signed. And that's one of the, the things that worries me going into the next year is it's an election year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to have both sides of the house working with each other trying to get this stuff through or if it's going to be finger pointing all year long. And that's what really worries me going into the next year is if we continue to have these deals that aren't finalized so nothing has to really happen and we come out next year and have a... You have a shift in the balance of power. Right and have a good crop and then we keep increasing the supply problem Mm -hmm. it's it's a little worrisome going into next year so definitely sit down with someone and and have a have a plan in place know what you're doing don't expect six dollar corn right and just kind of let the plan fall by the wayside but another thing to be thinking about is writing your senators for this kind of stuff like we talked about the mfp payment the long-term problem is we just have so much supply with not enough demand. So maybe write your senator, ask him what his thoughts are on it or her thoughts are on it, and potentially besides MFP payments, maybe suggest to them about paying for people not to plant and fix the long-term issue, something along the lines. But More it, acres to CRP, that kind of right. That kind of thing. But get get the farming community together and let's let's all try and – solve the long-term problem here because like we just talked about the the outlook right now is not looking so great yeah it's pretty grim and you know and uh, president trump has has continued to say that you know he's going to do whatever he can to support uh farmers and ranchers and and whatnot and that is good to a point Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily these mfp uh payments are not necessarily paying the bills they're just kind of delaying the inevitable they're just keeping people afloat for right now in mm-hmm. in a lot of cases um you know they you still need to use the use the markets and trying to try to make sure that you're you're watching uh prices to to find good spots to make sales and and you know using the board to sell what's kind of a uh an in between for what you haven't sold in cash and and whatnot and mm-hmm. you know it's it's going to be tough it's uh we definitely work with a lot of steadfast and hardy people that uh, have seen some of these issues before. They've made it through the 80s. They, you know, some of them have seen, you know, 
have seen their share of, of hard times, and they're hoping to not see those now. But I think we'll come out of it uh, at stronger, and I'm hoping that eventually, like you said, you know, we kind of figure out how we can bring some of these production numbers down or even these, these acres in production down mm-hmm. to lower these these carryout numbers to help us to uh, to – hopefully bring prices up but we also need to continue to find these trade these trade packages with you know whether it's japan or mexico or the eu or you know the 50 100 countries or whatever there are in 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 africa to Mm -hmm. find a way to continue to to trade because that's about the only way that we're going to continue to find ways to lower these numbers. Yeah, new trade routes, emerging markets. I think what we're doing with the hemp industry right now is going to be great for shifting our production and making sure that we're opening up new avenues of cash flow in the future because, like we just talked about with Brazil and everything, it's it, it might not be corn beans for us. Mm-hmm. We might have lost a bit of that if not a lot of that market share already. And yeah. Well, we I, went down there and helped them to build that mm-hmm. that industry. You know, that, that production can be attributed to the United States as far as teaching them how to do it, bringing the uh, the genetics uh, of our seed down, down there. And, you know, they're, they're pretty well caught up to us on, on yield numbers for uh, – for beans, I don't think they're quite near us on on corn just yet. But you know, they fix their their infrastructure down there, and like they've talked about over the last ten years, we have ourselves a problem with uh, with uh, demand that we is not going to go away. Right. And they're you know, whether you want to believe the conspiracy theorists out there about the uh, the Amazon that's on fire. A lot of that uh, goes to uh, to acres for uh, for farming if right. they, if it t- continues to clear out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so some things to think about this week. Uh, but again, we have our yield survey coming out tomorrow, uh, September fourth, via webinar. Make sure you check that out. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Eight hundred two six two seven five three eight. This week for Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lung, Greg McBride, signing off. You guys have a great one. <laughs>